Hey there, so why do the majority of Jewish people reject Jesus Christ as their Messiah? An awesome question that we're gonna answer, along with a couple of others, on Ask. Stay tuned. Welcome back once again. I think we're uh, 298 episodes, I believe, that's what this one is, of Ask. So we've been going back years, maybe you just found us, that's awesome. This is where you go to cornerstonebv.org, that's our website, obvious, Jamie. Go to uh, the media page, drop it down, uh, and you, you see ask, you click on that, there's a little box, you just type in your question, you hit submit, ah, there it goes. And you see it in an upcoming episode. So we definitely need your questions. What kind of questions? Hey, like this, Bible kind of questions, or how does that apply to my life, or what should I do about this situation, or whatever you got, right? And uh, you'll hear an answer. You have a question, other people do too. Okay, so this one says, as Christians, how can we be sure that our interpretation of the Old Testament is correct? Why did the majority of Jewish people reject Jesus as the Messiah? What is the best way to evangelize Jewish people? So I think when you say our Old Testament interpretation is that, that, that the Old Testament's pointing to Jesus, because right, our interpretation is, yeah, Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. So, great question. Um, that I think is probably answered in longer forms, in a better way, in longer forms than I'm gonna give you here. Uh, one of the things that I would suggest, uh, anyone who has this question, really this whole question, is the book that we give away for free at Cornerstone. It's called The Case for Christ. Uh, there's a chapter in there, I believe it's chapter 10, it's called The Fingerprint Evidence. Um, it, it, it's where there's an interview with a Christian scholar, right? But he is Jewish Christian and he grew up Jewish and grew up hating the idea of Christianity. Um, and, he, and he not only tells the story of his conversion, but says why he was converted and how he uh, reaches other Jewish people today. And, and, and the big questions for him to answer uh, in that chapter are precisely that. How does Jesus fulfill the Old Testament scriptures or the Jewish scriptures? And he really explains how he himself and most Jewish people today, they don't even talk about the Messiah. I mean, it's kind of in there, and, but he really was never a topic he considered growing up as an Orthodox Jew. Um, and, and so the idea of who might or might not fulfill that, never knew. He was basically just thought as Christianity is a, a religion for the Gentiles. And when he began to read the Old Testament from the perspective of, perspective of Jesus, and then he read the New Testament finally, he realized, this is a book about Jewish people, right? This isn't about Gentiles at all. They don't really come in until later on in the mid portion of Acts and later. So, so it really changed things. So I just tell you that, and you can read the whole story if you just read that chapter um, and, and really give you an idea, the answer to this, this question. But here's what I'll, I'll tell you about. Um, I think your, your first and third question about how to evangelize and why we, we should believe that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament are really one and the same, and that's Jesus fulfilling prophecy. Uh, he, um, it, there's, there's, and you'll read about this in the book if you read the chapter I just suggested in the case for Christ, but I really have always liked this analogy that, that if you took silver dollars and spread them all over the state of Texas, two feet deep, and you marked one, and you randomly had someone just go out blindfold and pick up a silver dollar and the, and the chances of them picking up the one that you marked is the same as someone just by chance fulfilling eight of the prophecies for the Messiah in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled almost 50 of them. And so anyone who's looking at it objectively just has to say, man, it, 
<laughs> Jesus is this Messiah. He has fulfilled so many of the prophecies. And so again, um, that's why we feel very confident. But that's also something that you can utilize to share with a Jewish person. If they have misgivings about Christianity, you have to break it down for them. Say, this isn't Jew or Christian. Many, many Jewish people, that's where it started amongst Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish. All of his apostles were Jewish. Um, I think one of the things that gets uh, thrown out there today is, um, is it's anti-Semitic, anti-Jew to be a proponent of the gospel. And that's just silly. And they say, oh, if you look, look, look at certain movies, right? The Jews or the Pharisees are the bad guys. Yeah, but the good guys are Jewish too. Like, and there's plenty of bad guys who aren't. Pontius Pilate and the Romans and the Roman soldiers and guards, they're not Jewish. So Jesus is Jewish. All of his apostles are Jewish. Judas is Jew Jewish. The, the Pharisees are, uh, and Sadducees are Jewish. And so it's really a story about Jewish people. And so the idea is, okay, so the Jewish scriptures point to an, uh, uh, a Messiah, someone to come to save us, who is that? And does Jesus fulfill that? And that's where you got to get them reading. Read your Old Testament scriptures and look for the Messiah, then read the New Testament scriptures and see, does Jesus fulfill that or not? Um, and that's the best way you can do that. Okay, uh, this is another really good question. Should I be afraid of God? The recent sermon, which included Leviticus 10, led to a discussion that got me thinking about the phrase God-fearing, which I believe as a connotation of being part of the proper Christian mindset, I've never really felt afraid of God. But this could be a part of my casual attitude, which was also frequently mentioned in the same sermon. Hey, stop using my words against me. Um, no, I, you know, I think for the general person, just person born into this world, should there be a fear of God? Yes. And that is not taught enough. And that's what's come out a lot in the Leviticus, right? God is holy, we aren't. You go near the holiness of God without something being done about your unholiness, you will die. So that's pretty fearful. Something or someone that's going to kill me, I should be afraid of. And now, fearing him, not because he's some tyrant and a horrible God, but fear him because he's holy and I'm not, right? Fearing like I'd fear flying into the sun. It's not the sun's fault that it's blazing hot and I, gonna, I can't protect myself from that. Same with, with God, right? Maybe a bad analogy, but hopefully you understand what I mean. And, and so uh, there should be a fear of God. However, if you are in Christ, you've trusted in Christ, that unholiness has been dealt with. You are positionally justified before God. You have been made holy. Now, you are still going through what's called sanctification, one degree of glory at a time. So, because you're probably sitting there thinking, I ain't all that holy right now, right? But because of Christ, God looks at you. If you were to die today, if you're a Christian, and he looks at you, he sees Christ. He sees the record of Christ, not yours. So you are saved. You are uh, justified. You are made right before God. You are made holy before God by his grace, right? Not because you're something special, but because he saved you. And so you shouldn't have a fear of God in that same way. But um, using the word more as a reverence of recognizing, man, he is holy. I don't want to mess with that. I don't, I, why would I? Like I should have far more reverence for God and if I did, I'd be less likely to do something that violates that, right? That sin and, and disobedience. And so to that length, sure, you should fear him as in, man, I have great reverence for who God is. I believe that when we see him, as I've mentioned in these sermons in Leviticus, when we see him, when we finally come face to face, we're gonna recognize, oh, 
that's holiness. So it's sometimes harder for us to grasp, but the more, the closer we grow to understanding who God is, yeah, the more we revere him and the more that changes who we are and what we do. But as far as a fear that you're gonna be killed or, or destroyed because of his holiness, no, because you're in Christ, okay? All right, hopefully that helps. All right, this is a real quick one. This week, I have a lighter question. Winter is coming soon. We all know that you have quite the fashion plate. I don't know about that, but uh, okay, thank you. So when are you breaking out the plaids and flannels? I think this question came in right before. I already broke a few out, right? So you'll see, you'll see some plaids, some flannels, um, see all kinds of stuff. Just be glad I'm wearing something, right? Because that wouldn't be good. So um, yeah, so I've already broken it out. Maybe we'll get some new stuff soon. And uh, probably the person who um, wrote in this question, Ariel. <coughs> Uh, is the only one that cares. But hey, if you care, that's the answer to it. Hey, if you have a question about clothing or style or anything else you want me to answer, maybe more lean towards the Bible and that kind of stuff, uh, just go to cornerstonebv.org and see you this weekend. Five o'clock Saturday, nine o'clock or 11 o'clock Sunday. If you don't have a church that you are going to, you can also live stream us at 11 uh, if you want to check us out online or you're at a distance as well. Um, if you have any questions, email me or put them in the ask and we'll get to them. All right, God bless. See you soon. Bye.